Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this week's Bad Takes Dynasty podcast. I'm Skyler here this week with Chris Garcia and Jake Walker. Uh, and we're excited to talk to you guys about some Dynasty fantasy football. How's it going tonight, guys? Yo, what's up, guys? It's going well. Um, yeah, like Skyler said, I'm excited to get to, to get into free agency and uh, speculate a little bit on where we think some of these guys might land and some some good fits. So, Hey, what's up, guys? This is Jake. Uh, first time on the pod. Long-time listener, though, so I feel like a celebrity being here. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Um, just been listening to uh, some of the new Drake album, so I'm, I'm pretty hyped about that. Nice, man. Well, yeah, like Jake said, this is his first time on the podcast. He is in our Dynasty League. Uh, good buddy David is a little bit swamped uh, with some stuff going on uh, outside the podcast world right now. So he's hopping off for a couple weeks, and Jake was nice enough to hop on with Chris and I this week. Um, so he is a recent joinee last year was his first year in the league. Uh, but he's excited. Like he said, to bring some of his, uh, bad takes, uh, to the <laughs> podcast world. Uh, I've already so, made the, the most moves in, in the league. So yeah, man, he's a trading machine. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Christian, uh, left us an, another excellent quick question to start our week off. This week is, which player was the biggest fantasy disappointment in 2020, and will they have a bounce back in 2021? Uh, Jake, you are our guest this week, so we are going to let you start. Yeah, so I think for me, uh, you know, coming off his rookie season, we were expecting, I think, DJ Chark to to kind of blow up last year, especially because we really weren't sure, like, how LaVisca Chenault was going to do, and, you know, he was supposed to be the clear alpha in that offense and it just I don't know something he, he was just a big disappointment to me and like he you know he had a couple games where you know maybe he scored 15 points but I think overall like it was just you know he had a lot of drops and he he had a little bit of injuries in the beginning of the season but you know like over overall man just to answer the question like I, I think he was just the biggest disappointment to me yeah his his third season I think it is he was was it his third yeah it was his third Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> yeah, Jacksonville was just unique this past year uh, because I don't think any of us kind of saw the regression in the passing game coming. Meanwhile, the running game was extremely productive. So, I mean, it's just kind of hard to place my fingers on it. Um, what do you think about uh, his prospects in 2021? I'm excited to see what it can do. Um, you know, if they bring in Trevor Lawrence, obviously, I think that just. I think Trevor Lawrence is kind of a floor elevating quarterback, just meaning like he's literally going to increase the value of everyone on that team. Um, so, you know, stats wise, like I don't have a, a solid answer for you. Uh, I could see, I could see probably like maybe 1100 to 1200 yards. Um, That's a big jump. Let's say like, yeah, I mean, I think, I think he'll, he'll take a leap this year. You know, I, I'm expecting him to kind of, be in that role. Um, and maybe it's a 1A, 1B with, with LaVisca. Uh, but I, I just think Trevor Lawrence is, is literally just, like I said, like he's, he's floor raising. So, so everyone is just going gonna, gonna to be eating out there. All right. So DJ Shark, prospects looking good for 2021. Chris, who you got? I got some Carson Wentz for you. That's who my biggest bust is. He, you know, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was real bad in Philly this, this past year. And, and, you know, I, I, we've had a lot of expect, expectations for him coming back off of that Nick Foles drama and, and, and everything. And, and, you know, he's still young, still 20, 20, what, eight, 29. Yeah. 28. Um, so 28. is it that old? I thought he was younger than that. He's like 26. Nah, he was an old, he was an older guy. Yeah. He played four years. I think in, he was 23. Uh, yeah. I think he was 23, like his rookie year. And this would have been. This would have been his fifth year option. So he was, tw- I think he's going to be either 28 next year, 27 right now, something like that. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, when you have, when you're playing super flex league and you, and he's one of your big starters, uh, it really puts a damper on your season and, and dynasty value. Um, so, I mean, 2021 is looking for me like a bounce back year for him. Obviously, we talked about it on the last pod a little bit with, with having a better all around offense around him, you know, better coach better you know at least maybe not better coach but maybe better um continuity between the two and so that kind of helps out with with his value personally and so I'm, I'm expecting a bounce back here from Wentz and 
you know, I guess it's my bad take this this year. I got roast I got roasted last week about uh having him at top twelve dynasty, but I'm gonna stand by that one. Yeah. So. I mean, listen, he's not a top twelve dynasty quarterback, so you're on crack. But <laughs> I, when I say top twelve, it's it's like literally twelve. Yeah, it so. doesn't it doesn't matter. It does uh twelve spots. Okay, too yeah, high, so, man. Uh yeah, I don't think it's twelve spots too high. It's definitely too high. So you're feeling a bounce back in twenty twenty one. I tend I tend to agree. I do think I mean you say bounce back, like he he showed us like the absolute floor this year. Like if he literally like plays football, like it's gonna be a bounce back. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's a good point. But, like this, this isn't like a this isn't like up for debate. Like you can't have a worse year than this year. Right. Good. Yeah, that's that's definitely you could have true. a campaign yeah, I mean, here. No, he could get yeah, he could get benched <laughs> for who's the yeah, who's the backup in uh in the the young guy, Jacob Eason. Oh, Kobe oh yeah, Eason. Do they they did I don't know if they're bringing back Brissett. No, Brissett's a, a free agent. We'll get to that oh, okay. later, potentially. Um, so anyway, my guy uh, for biggest disappointment in 2020 was Daniel Jones. Uh, he was a guy that I, you know, I thought had some sleeper potential in 2020 uh, after he showed us in his rookie season. I mean, he has like a pretty uh, tangible ceiling, right? Like you like, I think I might have just picked the wrong word, but like you want it. Right. Like his ceiling, I mean, I think he's shown like 41 or 43 points, which is just crazy high. Uh, however, this season he showed the crazy, <laughs> the crazy low floor. Uh, and I would say that's just a disappointment. I think I think we were expecting to see him give us more QB one games. I think we were expecting to be able to see Daniel Jones as a solid QB two in our rotation. I think at one point last offseason, I sent Jake a trade. I think at one point that was <laughs> Deontay Johnson and a second round pick. For Daniel Jones, and he no. said no. Yes. No, you wanted like Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, and like two seconds back from me. It was not. You sh- it was not. You still should have accepted said. that, dude. You still should have accepted that. You should have <laughs> smashed that button. <laughs> hey, man, I was high on Daniel Jones coming in. Uh, I think that you're right, Scott. I mean, he was a huge disappointment. That big run that he had that was like 85 yards and then he just like fell at the goal line. Sniped. That sniped. was like the embodiment of his season. Like he just was like, he was that. Like he was like I'm super, not sure. you know, we're yeah. super excited. And then, and then he just, he just didn't finish. So I'm not sure if it was a season, but it, more of it, of what we think of as a potential, you know, like he's hitting 80 potential because his season wasn't all that great, honestly. Um, I mean, they, I think there is times where he scored like negative points in a in a game. So, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, in his rookie year, he had I think like four games over thirty points. Yeah, there was a, then, there was a ton of hype around him. Right. Well, and then, then even I mean, and I'm just talking from fantasy because this is like the classic Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston mold <laughs> fantasy guy, right? Where he is going to score thirty or thirty five points, and it is football ugly, but it's it's fantasy relevant. Uh, but he was a disappointment. So that, I mean, that was for me, for my guy. I feel like in 2021, I just am never going to bet on the clapper. Uh, Jason Garrett is unimaginative, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, in fact, like my greatest dream is that Kyle Pitts gets drafted by the Giants so that all of Kyle Pitts stands uh, will weep together. Uh, <laughs> thinking about him with Jason Garrett. Uh, but anyway, so those those were those were our answers to the quick question. Three players that we think have a chance to potentially bounce back and three uh, or or not bounce back. Um, so transitioning into our next segment, which tonight we wanted to talk and preview the free agent class from the fantasy and dynasty perspective. So we're just going to kind of go position by position and highlight a few of the uh, bigger players in each position. So we're going to start with quarterbacks. Uh, and we're going to start with probably the biggest name on the board, at least this offseason. We are expecting him to receive the franchise tag, Dak Prescott. Yo, you know, up until like last week, I didn't even think of him as a free agent. Like he wasn't even on the list for me. Um, but, you know, it's a good point. Like we're still talking about free agent, but we're also talking about transactions. And so, like, for instance, like my thought last week about potentially a sign and trade with <laughs> Seattle for Russell. I don't think they do it, but just something like that, you know, something like that happening. I don't think they let him go for nothing is what I'm saying. And so if, if Dak moves, um, I, I mean, I'd love to see him in, in 
Dallas because of the weapons that they have, C.D. Lamb, Zeke, um, Amari Cooper, assuming he doesn't get cut, uh, a cap casualty this uh, offseason. Um, but some other places that, that I that I think are great um, are well, Washington and Carolina. I think those would be great fits for him. I think it's hard to look at Dak as a free agent <clears throat> just because, I mean, like if they don't pay that man, like the, obviously, you know, Jerry Jones has got the guy complex going on. So, you know, he wants to do whatever he can to make sure he stays in, in power, but it, it would be crazy to me. And, you know, obviously it's a real possibility, but it's just hard to see him as a free agent. Cause it's like, you know, they're good. They're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. And if they don't like, you know, Jerry Jones is, is, clearly just wasting away all, all of the talent that he's got on his team. You know, he's stacked right now. But, yeah, I mean, he's definitely is the biggest name on this list for sure. Um, Washington, I, I think anywhere he goes, you know, that doesn't already have a starting yeah. quarterback, like, you know, he, 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 will, he will raise that team up as well. So it's like, he's just, he's just a great player. Um, so going, I mean, keep keeping in quarterbacks, you know, there's only a couple more names that are like, pretty big uh let's let's hit on uh cam newton next uh cam i think cam had an interesting 2020 because it was definitely disappointing uh from like real like i think normal camp cam expectations um but he still had in our league 280 fantasy points which i think made him like qb 13 or qb 12 he also Uh, had like a 60 point game at the end of the season so yeah, so I mean he had a lot I mean he had he he had a he had a disappointing year covid very short year signed in July uh and he is a free agent again uh and there's not been a lot of talk about Cam. So Jake, what are you thinking about Cam? I mean, what did the Patriots sign him for like a million last year? Like maybe a little bit of bonuses if he could like if you can get the, If you can minimum. get a fraction if you can get a fraction of cam newton value for even the same contract like i think it's worth a shot in the dark i mean personally i mean i'm looking at stats right now he threw eight touchdowns like he wasn't good right like he was kind of just the filler role for new england uh i haven't really looked into this i think there's a chance that i mean is there a chance that they just sign him back because unless they draft the quarterback their situation isn't any better yeah News broke uh, yesterday or a couple days ago that there um, there's interest from both sides. From Cam, uh, from Cam, yeah, they, and they the like Cam. Yeah, I mean, like it was just a good, you know, just talk, listening to him. I, I watched an interview recently about him talking about Bill Belichick, and like he just has massive respect for him, and I think that's something that you know Bill likes. Like he wants someone that's going to know the system. He wants someone that. He's going to listen to what he says and not, you know, have to like quarrel every day and every moment like he did with Tom Brady. And, you know, I, I think it's just an easy, at least for another year, you know, the, the Patriots still have a decent amount of rebuilding to do. So at least like a serviceable QB that will maybe win you some games. You know, I don't think they're trying to win the Super Bowl next year. So that that's, that's where I see Cam and, you know, they pay him so cheap anyway. So it's like, just, just give it another shot. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the best fit for think, him in New England. I definitely think New England is the best fit. I'm intrigued by Cam because, like, so, like, if you just dig into some of the numbers, like, and, and he had a pretty bad year, but this is his second, like, last year was his, the second highest completion percentage of his career. Uh, he only threw he eight passes, bro. He threw three, I mean, just I just want to say, he threw 368 passes this year. Uh, no, he didn't. So Sorry. he attempted 368 passes in 2020. Where did they all go? I mean, he attempted 368 passes. I'm just saying he completed almost 60, 66% of them. And he had one of the lowest TD percentage or sorry, but his TD percentage was incredibly low, mm-hmm. like a half or like a half or a third of his career yeah. percentage in some circumstance. So like he threw, yeah, it, it, I mean, he threw no touchdowns this season. I think he is a great example. If he signs with new England, 
you know, he missed that time with COVID. He signed last year in July. And I think that's something we're all missing. At least we don't talk about it enough. Is if any other quarterback signed in July and we expected them to have this great season on eight weeks training in a weird COVID year where they couldn't even be in the team facility most of the time anyway. I mean, all of all, the projection wasn't great. The projection wasn't great uh, for what was going to happen to him uh, potentially with that kind of circumstances. I think he could have a great year next year. No, I, I see Bounce what you're saying. A bit. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, You know, if he lands, it's, it's hard for me to say, but anywhere besides New England and Washington with guy with, 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 you know, coaches that kind of know Cam and, and can, can work with him. You know, I think Belichick is the best fit, you know, helping helping Cam read defenses and, and you know, giving him some value. I know it was a weird year. Um, I'm just not expecting much from him at, with a, eight passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions. You know, I know it's a weird year still, unless they upgrade, you know, the talent around him, we're going to be looking at the same as much as this year. And, and if they, they, they obviously need receivers. Edelman might be done, might be gone. Um, that just only hurts them some more. So. Yeah. I mean, new England, again, one of those things that it seems like forever ago now, new England was a team devastated by uh, opt-outs in 2020. A lot, a lot of their best players did not opt in for the season. So I think the like they're going to get a bunch of defensive players back right away. Now, like you're right. I mean, what about the offense? But Cam's never had like great offensive weapons, and his offensive kind of always, offenses have always kind of figured it out. CMC, Steve Smith. Uh, yeah, but I mean, CMC's two best years. Wouldn't you say CMC's two best years wasn't one of those years Cam hurt or both of them Cam was hurt? And yeah, I mean, Steve one of Smith them was yeah, kind of kind of end of his career steve smith like not not hating on any of these guys just like it's not like cam has ever had like the greatest uh teams around him I mean, yeah i, I, I agree Carolina, when... those teams those teams were defensive teams i mean i guess i'm confused aren't we all saying that he that he fits on the patriots oh yeah, yeah. no totally i think that's his best opportunity to be relevant i guess what i was saying was like at the price that, so I just looked it up. His salary was one million fifty thousand, and then he had a couple bonuses that he got. Uh, so, like at that price, when we're talking about paying Dak forty million, obviously they're not the same. And so, you know, you got to right. look at your team's composition and like, are you winning a Super Bowl or like you got a little bit of time? And like, I think there's a ton of teams that fit in that category of like, yeah, we're not going to win this year. That would be happy to have. To be paying a million and a half, say, for for the the level quarterback that Cam is, I just think it fits the best, you know, in New England because he's already there. That's so like why right. try and fix another system around right. him. But I think it, I think half the teams, maybe not half, but I think probably ten teams in the NFL would be happy to have a, a quarterback of his caliber, like for that rate, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I think next year. I mean, I don't. I, so I think the fit with the Patriots would be great because it would just be one more year in that system. But I would be, I would be willing to roll the dice on cam with pretty much any of the destinations looking for a free agent quarterback. If the bears franchise tag Allen Robinson, I don't hate cam on the bears. I don't hate cam on the Redskins. I don't hate cam on uh, the Broncos. I do hate cam on the Panthers. I just don't think he's going back. But yeah, no, he's definitely not going yeah. back. That, 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 that relationship's over. Um, but I mean, you know, any of those other teams that I just mentioned, like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't necessarily know that Cam is going to be a top 12 quarterback on any of those teams, but I think he could have some, like, monster games, and, like, I think he would have a positive impact on those guys' values over the players that are currently projected to be there. You know? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. All right, so the next quarterback, and I think really this is kind of probably the last like major quarterback uh, who is like worth talking about <clears throat> for any real length of time might be is Jameis Winston. Um, weird year last year, you know, signed with the Saints. Everybody, I think, assumed he was the backup to Drew Brees. Drew Brees gets hurt, and Taysom Hill kind of takes over. Taysom, from from the fantasy perspective, uh, had a pretty good four games. But from the real life perspective, if you look at the games, uh, clearly got worse. His defenses got more time. 
uh, to like look at him and, and, and game plan around his strengths and weaknesses. He, he was less effective uh, as an NFL quarterback. So the whispers have started that Jameis is potentially going to be the week one starter in New Orleans and Taysom will also be back kind of continuing in a similar role to what he had before with Drew Brees. Uh, I, you know, I personally, I think Jameis has crazy upside if he's the actual starter and sees 80% of the quarterback snaps, but, but man, uh, this is a situation where it's like, I kind of, kind of don't want to be involved in it. But if I am involved, I feel like I've got to be all in. Uh, and by that, I just mean, I think if I own one piece, I probably uh, have to own both. So quick question for you guys. And it's, and it's a little off topic, but what do you think? I mean, for fantasy and for like team value, who is the, I mean, it has to be Jameis, right? Like he's the better value to, to the assets on that team. Right. Temptation? Yeah. Fantasy wise. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, I was just gonna, I, you know, I feel like it's, I feel like it's more complicated. It's a complicated question. I'm glad you asked it. I think my answer is yes for Michael Thomas, but I'm not sure it matters as much for Camara. Although theoretically, I guess I didn't think about that enough because Camara would potentially probably get more a goal line rushing touchdowns. So yeah. it might have a little bit of a, primarily I think it affects Michael Thomas. So I, I would agree. I would agree. Um, I think, I mean, I, th- I think like he'll, he will be the starter next year. I did just see a video and obviously like, you know, we can always believe what we see on the internet, but I did just see a video of Drew Brees, like working out like real hard. And <laughs> I don't know, man, like, <laughs> well, I don't know what this Dude. guy's doing. Like there's just, I, I'm just, I think for me, like fantasy wise, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from these guys for sure. You know, all three of them, like, it, you know, like you said, if you're going to have Jameis, you're probably going to want Taysom. And at this point, you might even want Drew Brees. And I think that's just like three spots on my roster, too many. Uh, you know, I, I don't quite remember. I wasn't really like super into fantasy the year that he was 30 and 30. Um, but what was, do you guys remember like where he landed in fantasy? When top he, five. When he, top five. Was it QB top five? Four. QB four man, incredible, so, incredible. There's, there's an issue with this premise of Jameis, you know, eating W's because he wasn't eating W's the whole season, and that is the fastest way to become an an unrelevant player in the NFL. You know, and and we love his thirty thirty season because obviously it produced so much fantasy value, but look where it got him, you know, in a backup role, irrelevant. Right. Oh no, man, so. that's that's the thing though. Was he irrelevant? I mean, I feel like people talked about him all year in this. This like this is what we always talk about wanting quarterbacks to do when they are like wild, crazy guys with like tons of untapped potential. We talk about it like I'm trying. Jay Cutler was like like how much would we have loved if Jay Cutler like who had like some attitude problems and like was like kind of a weird, different guy in the locker room. But at all this potential, what if he had been like, hey, I'm going to take a one year cheap deal and I'm going to like learn at the knees of like one of these like great older off like offensive quarterbacks and coaches like who've been super successful, um, you know what I mean, in the league. And I want to learn from them and I want to just try and improve my game. Right. Like I've made money as a first round over a first overall pick like I want to stay in the league. I don't want to just be out of the league. I don't want to be some bum like who's just like known for like, I mean, again, he could, none of it could matter. He could still be the exact same guy at the end of it. I like, I just am willing to bet on the guy who took the chance to improve himself in like a non-traditional manner. Yeah. It's worth a shot for cheap. I think if you, with the hype going around it, you could potentially overpay and Taysom Hill will be the starter. So that's true. That's yeah, right. I mean, that's what I think I met is that there's like so much uncertainty right now. And like, I mean, what are you realistically happy paying for him? Cause I bet whatever it is, it's not what the person who has him is selling him for. Cause they're like, Oh, he's for sure going to be the starter. Right. So it's like, would you give up a 2022 set, uh, like a, a random 28? Like, let's say, you know, your team is competitive. So you're likely going to be in the back half of the second round. Would you give up a 2022 second for Jameis Winston? 
Yeah, yeah. I would. But you're yeah, talking about I, I 2021 first is probably. That. Is that? No, do you I, have I don't think anybody. I mean, if well, I have him right now. Um, I don't think anybody would buy him for that. Now, I think if he were the named New Orleans starter, uh, like if somebody were looking for a quarterback, I think you might be able to start like around pick 11 or 12. Like I think guys might like the guy that owns 201 might rather have Jameis Winston as the starter in New Orleans than I mean who do we think is going to be there? Someone Mac like Rondale Moore, yeah. Mac Jones, right? Like like I think like that might be the conversation. But yeah, I mean, I think you can buy Jameis for a, like an affordable price that where if he hit, you would be like, oh damn, that was a really good deal. Uh, yeah. And if he missed you probably would be like, well, it's kind of sucked that I, I gave up that future second, but I mean, you're going to be able to add that somewhere else. I, I feel like right now it might be actually kind of the sweet spot to buy either of those guys. Cause there's enough ambiguity in the situation that you could probably just be like, Hey man, like what's like a pretty, like, I mean, right now, if someone offered you like a third round pick in the next year or two for Taysom Hill, would you take it? I probably wouldn't if he has the potential to be the starter. Yeah, because I mean he's like thirty he's like thirty-two or like he's like thirty-one or thirty-two. It kinda depends where your team is though. Yeah, totally. I mean, he has to be the starter though. I mean, and I would this this the only thing that would worry me is this has been the exact opposite thing I wanted if I owned Taysom Hill. Watching videos of Drew Brees pushing a sled at his house <laughs> in San Diego. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, he's coming bike. So anyway, good like good guys, good conversation on Jameis Winston there. Uh, let's transition to running backs now. You know, we have four names on our list. Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Chris Carson. Uh, Jake, I'm going to let you pick a name. Chris, I'm going to pick a name. Uh, then you pick a name. And then we'll go over one of the guys together. So, Jake, who are you going to take? I mean, to me, it's Aaron Jones. Um, okay. Talk and to we, were gonna do, we were going to do, I don't know if we'll have the time, but we were going to do a, like, top buy targets and, you know, dynasty and, Right. I just think, you know, I don't think he's staying in Green Bay. Um, you know, I I don't know much about cap space, but I know that they're pretty tight. Uh, and I think just he must have he invested goes, in like, AJ Dillon, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely am AJ Dillon heavy. So I'm really trying to like, you know, if I if I talk about it enough, then maybe Aaron Jones just will listen to this Leave. podcast and go yeah. to a different team. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just speaking into existence right now, but I think, I mean, anywhere he goes, like he's going to be the workhorse, you know, like I'm just, I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, I think a lot of the, the in-game splits with and without Devonte Adams, um, kind of between the last two years, like seeing the, the targets, you know, when Devonte's sick or, or not sick, but, but hurt, you know, Aaron Jones obviously like starts eating a lot more. And I think there's a very real chance that wherever he goes, he, he might just be the best player on the team. And so, you know, we're not going to have to, at least I would think we were not going to have to worry about these, these splits as much, you know, because like, I think there's been some talk. Uh, he could go maybe to Buffalo. I, I don't know if that would be my favorite option because Josh Allen is, the, the RB one there. And so yep. I don't think, you know, that would be a good spot, but anywhere else, I mean, it, I would be jazzed if he came to like Arizona, you know, um, Miami, Miami would be, would be awesome. And so I, th- I just think he'll be like, you know, one of the best players on the team and I'm excited for him, man. Like uh, uh, he's, he's pretty young. Was he 26? I think this year. And I think he'll be 27 next season. Is he be 27? Low, but, low usage though. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just – I think he's going to be – I think he's going to be wheels up. Um, when you guys talked about the RB rankings, you had him at like – I want to say it was like 13, 12 or 13. In census, um, I think he fell 12th. I think on my personal rankings, I think I still had him at maybe 9th or 10th. Yeah, and I think that's, that's probably where I'd be at on him too. I mean, that, that's a pretty good ranking, especially like when you're thinking about the upside of the, the rookies coming in and stuff. But – he just he does it all right. Like he can be the workhorse. He can be the PPR back out of the backfield. So I'm just exactly. you know wherever he goes, yeah. I'm excited for it. I I think I don't think he signs in, in Green Bay just because you know they've they got AJ Dillon. So hopefully we're right. <laughs> there there are some there are some recent reports from the GM just talking about 
you know, franchise tagging and it's a case by case situation. And it, and it, and it, it kind of didn't seem like the, the vibe I got was, was that he's like going to come out and just say, yeah, we're going to franchise tag him. But usually when you're talking to GM, you, you know, they say, yeah, I want this player back or something like, you know what I mean? So it didn't seem, yeah. it didn't seem like they were, they're like sold like for the value that he's going to be, they're going to get. So I, th- I think he's moving on. Too, I mean, so. what? I think if realistically you could get, yeah, I think you could oh, realistically. I, that's get like the that. ca- that's like the top. I think the ca- I, I think, I think it, I mean, isn't the isn't the uh, tag twelve point five running so, backs. So, uh, what did Quip sure. this year? I thought Quip got like he was asking for twelve. Yeah, I think it was twelve and a half. Um, but it's like they, I I did look in and I think they only have like nineteen available. So, I mean, I don't see. You know, I think they got a couple other holes that they need to to, to patch up, especially million. with the. Eight was million the was tag? the was the franchise tag number this year? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no, sorry, it was uh, it was ten point two seven, according to Albert Breer on March sixteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, well, I think he's going to ask for twelve, right? He's going to ask for eleven or twelve. Green Bay's not going to want to give it to him, so. I'm just I'm I'm excited for like wherever he goes. Like I, I think it's just gonna be wheels up. You know I didn't know the fran. Yeah, I mean I didn't know the franchise tag was actually that low. If, if the franchise tag, franchise tag might go down because the cap goes down. Uh, although I don't know if the franchise tag number is relative to the cap like that. It's I don't know if it's a percentage of the cap, so it might just be a flat number. But if the franchise tag were to stay similar, I, I think Green Bay might tag him. At only ten million, I think he, I think you want mean, more money though, right? Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter if he wants more money; they have the right to tag him. Oh, yeah, okay. but you invested a a, sec, a second rounder into your running back position. It's is it a second, right, AJ Dillon? Yeah, but I mean, it, like, it doesn't matter if Aaron Rodgers doesn't. If Aaron Rodgers wants Jones back and tells management he wants Jones back, and you've made two national champ NFC championships games in a row. I mean, I think it would be I, like, I think it would be dumb. I'm not saying Rogers wants him back. I just, I didn't know the number was that low. I thought the tag number was yeah. like twelve or thirteen, and I was like, that's a lot. But when you see ten, you said Jake, you said they have nineteen million in cap space. I think so. So like, that's about half of their cap space. Figuring they don't like redo some deals or cut anybody, like that might be a manageable number. Uh, and let Jamal Williams walk. And then use uh, AJ Dillon as Aaron Jones' backup. I don't know. Like, it could be interesting. But either way, I still think he. I mean, he's a great running back. So, yeah. I'm glad you picked him to talk about Chris. Who are you talking about? Uh, I'm going to talk about Chris Carson. Uh, I think he. I think he's a, a great free agent um, to add fantasy value to to a few teams that I like. I like Arizona. You know, just the tough running, the pass catching ability. Um, you know, there's some running back needy teams out there, you know, even if uh, Green Bay decides they want a running back, but, but Carson has no place to go and get him on the cheap, you know, is there, is there a market for paying running backs like over 10 million now? You know what I mean? Besides the top, like, does he get 6 million in, in Green Bay? You know, that's some, so like a three year six, like a Eckler deal. So, and I think that's like a lot more manageable. It's like, when we're looking at this like list of running backs here, to me, it's there's like three different tiers. It's Aaron Jones, tier gap, Chris Carson, tier gap, and then the rest of the guys. And so, I think if they can get Chris Carson, you know, for you know, drop Aaron Jones, get Chris Carson for a little less than half or a little more than half of what they would pay Aaron Jones for, maybe eighty percent of the production. Like, I, I would imagine that's the route they take. That's the route that I would want them to take. Um, you know, even having AJ Dillon, I, I just think yeah, they no. can just pick just... someone cheaper up in the in the agency. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm, I mean. Even if I, you know, there's I mean, there's a lot of places you know it could be demmed up in. Uh, I mean, Arizona's like I I want everybody to come to Arizona. <laughs> I'm a Cardinals fan. I I love watching Chris Carson run the ball. He just got to stay healthy, and and that's his biggest issue. If he can't stay healthy, no team's gonna want to pay him ten million. 12 million a year. So uh, he has value, yeah, I mean, obviously, if he gets a starting uh, role. 
the I mean the the salary number for him is definitely not going to be above ten. The only guys making above ten right now the Joe Mixon, Henry Cook, David Johnson, McCaffrey, Kamara, and Ezekiel Elliott. The Johnson. <laughs> yeah, oh, they no, just they just restructured um, yeah. Johnson. He's making six this this year, six to eight. Right. Like, so geez. right. So so I mean. Yeah, I'm looking at spot track right now. So so he he's definitely not going to make that much. I, you know, to be honest, I love Chris Carson as a free agent. Again, man, great great choice. I'm I'm glad to see how much you love him, Chris. And I personally think the Bills. Like, I was going to say, was gonna say guys, what you guys think about that. Yeah, you guys talked like Jake mentioned that like uh Josh Allen, he said Josh Allen's the running back one. My personal opinion is Josh Allen is more like a really annoying running back too. Uh, <laughs> but like I think that would be perfect because Carson has shown that he like can't keep up with like a full heavy workload, but he yeah. might be mm. a great guy to put in a situation next to Allen where he's getting like anywhere from maybe 10 to 16 touches a week uh, next to Allen's like six to eight. So you're looking at somewhere between like a total of, you know, 16 to 25 backfield touches a week in, in Buffalo. And that might even be a little bit low. Um, I think that could be a really good fit for him where like he's not. I, I actually love much, that fit. But, I, but yeah. But that's the key, I think, is like, you know, if you're going to put him in a situation where you're going to try and feed him the rock 20 times plus a game, uh, I feel like you're just going to be disappointed. Uh, you know, he was he had a trouble staying healthy in college at Michigan uh, and he has had trouble staying healthy in the pros, but he is consistent. He has never finished as uh, lower than the running back 16. I don't think. So yeah, I love consistent him there. guy. I love him there. I think, I think like, you know, they would get to Josh Allen would probably take a few less touches and which would be great for, you know, his value overall. Cause even though he's, he's, he's probably still getting to the goal line. It's, he's not taking the, the hits on his body. And, you know, that's what Chris Carson is. He's just like that, that bully battery like, ram, yeah. bulldog. Yeah. Battery ram. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that would be a great fit for, for both parties, you know, Chris Carson and Josh Allen and, and I would love to see it. I was going to say, like, what do you guys think about Buffalo? So I'm glad you brought it up, Sky. But I think that's a great fit. Um, and, then, and let's hope it happens because they, they need some help in the backfield. Buffalo is it's, yeah, it's, for sure. it's rough out there. For sure. Um, yeah, so I think those are probably the two biggest guys. I'll hit on – I'm going to hit on Lenny. Uh, you know, I don't know that we need to talk about Kenny and Drake. We can hit on him for a minute here after, after <laughs> Lenny. Um, bro. You know, Fournette's an interesting case because the athletic profile uh, is salivating, right? And and we saw in the playoffs uh, that run against was it Green Bay or was it New Orleans? Being uh, I think playoff Bay. Lenny showed Green up in Bay. both games, right? So like that was like it was like a, a like he had three percent success for a touchdown on that run, if I remember correctly. I, I think he's back again. I don't think there's a ton to talk about here. I think he's back in Tampa. Uh, and I think that the whole Tampa running back situation is, is probably a great situation. I think you're happy if you own Ronald Jones and you're happy if you own Leonard Fournette. Now you're not like ecstatic, right? I mean, I think at one point Leonard Fournette was a top seven, top five running back. So obviously if you're, you know, if you're an original stakeholder, you're disappointed. Jones, you're probably a little disappointed too of your original stakeholder, but I think both these guys have shown really like decent value at the running back to flex kind of spot on your dynasty team, right? I don't think you're expecting too much from them, but like a spot start in a week or running back two on it for a couple of weeks on your team, they're going to present some decent value. I'm I'm way I mean, low on, on Lenny. I think the thing is like Bruce Arians has shown like in unexplainable amount of love for this guy. Like, I'm telling you, Ronald Jones will will miss, will drop one ball in three games, and, and he'll sit. And then Lenny, it just, it just keeps feeding him. And, and so I think there's some amount of, of value to be had with that. Like, you know, Bruce Arians is going to drive this man in the ground and you know, I think it's, again, it's like a cam situation. I don't know what, I don't know what his, uh, his deal is, but or his contract is, but I'm sure he's pretty cheap, you know. And so, if they can get him again, their running back situation. Yeah, I I just don't see it. With I see more progression for 
Um, Ronald Jones, you know, playing, uh, you know, getting better over his next couple of years. Um, the only role for Lenny in this offense is the, the pass, cast, pass catching back, you know, personally. Um, I expect some regression from Lenny. I mean, obviously, playoff Lenny <laughs> didn't show up until uh, outside of our fantasy relevant season. Um, but, you know, obviously, I think he's going to be back. I think a better fit would be somewhere where he can be that, like, that three down back, you know, if – or not a three down back, but like a, you know, a zero RB guy where like a James White t- type, if he can mold into that, you know. And so – what does that what does that look like where does that where is that you know i maybe new england if james white's not there um but uh yeah that's i'm not as high on lenny as you guys i mean that's the thing it's like and it's kind of why i don't even want to talk about ken Kenyon drake and like chris i i'm not super high on leonard fournette i think he, i don't even know he's a top two yeah I, running I, for me. yeah i i would <laughs> say rb3 rb3 yeah, but I mean, like that's what I was just saying. RB three, RB like RB two flex, like kind of like in that territory, right? Like running back twenty five, yeah, thirty maybe. I'm taking uh, a chance with the receiver over him as a flex, though. So, oh yeah, I mean, no, yeah, for sure. Uh, I yeah, I just think like kind of going into Kenyon Drake and just overall running back situation in the league is there's a chance some of these guys just don't even have jobs. Like Todd Gurley, <laughs> we didn't even talk about him. He's a free agent. He ain't gonna have oh, a job. Gosh. Like if Kenyon Drake is Kenyon Drake gonna have a job? I think like, he doesn't resign with the Cardinals cheap, for cheap. cheap. I mean, yeah, like, but like what I'm saying is like some of these guys, like Kenyon Drake, like saw him saw himself as like a star running back, signed signed the franchise tag at 10, 10 million dollars last year, played on that. If the deal he gets is like a one year, one million dollar prove it deal, like like some of the like some of these guys may choose like you know, in at the running back position, that's already so brutal. They're hurt all the time. Some of these guys may look at a market that just doesn't want them. Yeah, like, why, I mean, Drake's I mean, biggest again, thing is why even his foot issues. Like he's he's been having. He came into camp with a a foot issue, and then he played through a broken bone in his foot most of the season. So I mean, obviously, lost value there. Um, which is obviously, I don't I don't see a lot of value in him though. Um, I, as far as like NFL GMs, if they can get the value, like we were talking about Cam, if you can get a value, a guy for like 1.5, you know, he adds that type of value. And so he's like a better, for me, he's a better plug and play than Lenny. So, I, so you're, I, taking, if, you're taking him over Lenny? Scott, who are you yeah, taking? I, I would take him over Lenny. It would depend on situation. Like, I, I think they both have enticing upside, but I would take, I would take Fournette probably. I mean, I think Fournette even this year was just the better player when he played. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think the fantasy numbers, uh, I think Drake outscored him, Um, but I could see Drake. Both bad. Yeah. Yeah, I could see Drake landing in Seattle, you know, as a, as a third back for security for Elijah or Rashad, is it Rashad or Elijah Penny? Rashad Penny. You know, what's funny is I was going to say, I want to see Kenyon Drake in San Francisco. Oh, well, that's a good oh, spot like too. A, like a place where he has opportunity behind some guys like that are proven. So yeah, right, right. But yeah, I mean, but over, I mean, overall, whether Kenyon Drake ends up signing with the team or not, I mean, it's ugly. Like, I mean, yeah, a lot of the NFL teams are looking at the draft and saying, "Well, I can draft some of these really good players in the fifth round." The Antonio Gibson fifth round pick, man. Antonio Gibson. I'm not even sure fifth rounders are making a million dollars total. Uh, Gibson wasn't a fifth rounder. Over. What was he third? Third, I think. But still, uh, third. Your part is right. third sounds uh, right, but I mean, yeah, like you're paying a third round pick, like two million bucks. You want to pay your third round pick two million bucks over four years, or you want to pay Kenyon Drake a million bucks for a year? You know, like, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that kind of does it for running backs. Let's go on to wide receivers. Uh, which I mean, with the tight end situation this year, is kind of more or less going to be the end of the podcast. But the wide receiver position, there are four huge names that we have to talk about. Uh, and there's at least one name that didn't get mentioned here that I want to bring up. Uh, so anyway, let's start it off. Uh, Allen Robinson. These guys deserve a little bit of an input from each of us. I think they're just such big stars. Uh, Allen Robinson, I love him. Uh, he's incredible. 
And I actually think we maybe don't need to spend a ton of time on him because we spent a ton of time on him last week in the sense that like, I just, you know, the rumors uh, are starting that he's actually going to get franchise tagged by Chicago. And, you know, I like him a lot, but I think, I think the floor and the ceiling are just really close together. Uh, and I think he's shown, you know, like we talked last week, I think the the percentage, the amount that he's going to get better with better situation, I'm not sure is realistic, if that makes sense. Like, like I, I think, I think, this, if, if I think expecting. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see them that close. I have expectations for him. Uh, higher expectations with better talent, but the floor, the floor is a safe floor. Like you don't have to be afraid because the volume's going to be there. So that that's kind of where I'm at with it. And you know, if you have Allen Robinson, you're, you know, he doesn't have a lot of. He's kind of one of those downtrending players in <laughs> Dynasty. He's older, but the, like I'm saying, the the floor is safe. You know, if Trubisky's throwing him the ball 160 times again next year for some reason, because you know football. <laughs> because we can't find better quarterbacks <laughs> um, than, than the floor safe. And so he's not going to move up any, but with better quality, he's going to be a better player. So I'm going to be blowing smoke up my own ass here because I just traded for him. Uh, I love him. I think, I think his value can only go up, right? Like even if he re-signs, which, I mean, or if they franchise tag him, which that would be like the one scenario where I would be like, Okay, he he'll give me the same production he gave me last year. Any other team, and I know I keep going back to the Giants. I just feel like they need like the most help, like across their entire. Team. Uh, that's a downgrade, brother. No, yeah, I mean, like, there's we're no gonna, way. We're gonna we're gonna quickly go into just like the idea of like what a pass is worth, and like what a pass from certain quarterbacks are worth, and like there are only like six or seven quarterbacks in the league that a pass is worth significantly more from than others so like and you're you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that a pass from Tua Tagliavioa is significantly uh producing significantly more fantasy points than a pass from Mitch Trubisky I think yeah I mean I would say Aaron Rodgers would be the guy I don't have the stats I think Tua was pretty accurate this year was he not uh Tua Tua was fine but like Tua was accurate throwing five-yard passes (laughs) That's fine. I mean, that's that was Michael Thomas two years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, now, you're, now you're right. Now you're talking about Drew Brees. You're talking about Drew Brees throwing six, right. 600 passes at a 75% you, clip. Buddy. You heard like, it here first. <laughs> Allen Robinson, yeah. Michael Thomas, the same player. No, what, I, what I actually heard as you say is Tua Tungavaiola, uh, <laughs> Drew, Drew Brees. Brees they're, they're actually <laughs> – right. Is that comp out there? I'm not making it, but that is a comp that is being thrown around. A, a- Rob is in the age apex, so he's kind of like he hasn't old yet, but he's definitely in that category of when I'm trading for him, I'm starting to think, okay, like what's he have? Like three to five, like pretty good uh, fantasy seasons left, and like maybe three years. Like I mean, essentially, like in our league, at least it feels like once a fan, once a receivers hit about 31, they are like dead. They like, I mean, unless they are like really exceptional, like they are like dead to the league, like in value, right? Like, uh, and so a round is 28. Time. Got plenty of time. 28. So, like I said, I think he's kind yeah. of in that age apex. And I, I just, there are situations where I think, uh, he, it would be great for him, but no, I don't, I don't think there's a, a there's not, a money contract situation with the way the cap shrunk this year where I'm seeing like any of those destinations lining up, like the places all that have big money to spend on receivers or need receivers have like kind of middling quarterbacks. And I mean, listen, we, we may not like Mitch Trubisky, but he's good from a fantasy perspective, right? Because he loads his best target up with tons of really good deep targets, right? I mean, not just deep targets, but targets all over the field. So he's giving Allen Robinson way, tons of different ways to score the football. Uh, I'm not saying that won't happen on other offenses, but like, it's not a guarantee. Uh, and, uh, you know, another troubling thing is, and we don't talk about this enough, is receivers starting on new teams and new offenses in that first year typically have like a little bit of regression. Uh, Size hop, right? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Hop did, was Hop better this year than he was two years ago, though. Well, we're going, you no, said like, so. you're saying two. You're just skipping a year, though. I, no, no, no. Was like, I'm talking about, he's saying, no, I'm oh. saying, he's saying this year, he, first year in Arizona. This first year in Arizona than he was his last year in Houston. I think, he, the only I think other he thing I would say is like, were there, were there injuries in that last year in Houston or anything like that that would, again, like, I think just traditionally we see it when, when wide receivers. He's better teams, in Arizona. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, so D Hop would be the exception, but Odell Beckham. Stefan Diggs. When, Stefan Stefan Diggs this last year again broke that trend. That's crazy. It's two years in a row. Diggs was so good though. I mean, right? Diggs was so good in Minnesota, and then he got more targets as the old like as the only alpha receiver in Buffalo. See, like, I'm not saying like back. I'm comparing Allen Robinson to that same situation. I just think like obviously he was like peppered with targets with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And I don't care what your freaking metrics say, dude. Like eighty percent of those targets were <laughs> were not catchable. Like. <laughs> I don't know if you watched the games, but his ca- like, I think he's catchable. PFF, PFF, like wasn't even ranking these these targets as targets because they were so off. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I just PFF, think I don't PFF think we would is, get the same. Well, I don't think we would get yeah. the same like Stefan Diggs. But I, I, that's that's what that's where I would put him. Like I think where right, I want to close this. I want to close this. I want to close this on. I think he gets franchised. And just for a shout out for my buddy who's a <laughs> Chicago fan, I think they trade for Russell Wilson. Let's go. <laughs> that'd be, oh, that'd be wheels awesome. up baby wheels up right wheels up all right all right all right so three more receivers to go through here uh we'll go through juju because he's probably one of the guys we'll talk about uh the least long uh yeah chris why don't you lead us off on juju um you know i'm not the highest on you a lot of you know fantasy experts out there in the fantasy community it's like they're kind of low on juju you know i've seen some rankings where were were pretty you know pretty intimidating to 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 try and target value him and target him in, in some sort of you know free agency. Um, I, I think I've even seen him as low as like receiver thirty, and and that you know that's a little scary when your fantasy community is doing that. Um, it it all depends on 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 where he goes, what fits, and you know if he gets if he gets franchise tagged in in uh, um, Pittsburgh, I, I just can't see another great year with. Uh, ben coming back and potentially having arm issues and um, Deontay and and Claypool ready to ne- take the next step. So I think a great fit would would also would be Washington. You know, they they need another t- number two that uh, across from the Jet. You know, McLaurin taking the top off and Juju can work underneath. Kind of, kind of how it's F F one. It's F one. The dude. It's the it's the McLaren dude. The F one. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just feel like Washington's a great fit for them. Um, they need the talent. They need the quarterback first, obviously, but they, they also need the talented receivers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have much to say about Juju. In my opinion, he's like a six, three version of Jarvis Landry. Uh, I think we should kind of uh, hope and expect for him to maybe give us the wide receiver 15 to kind of 25 ish numbers. Uh, wherever he lands. I think he does enough well that he's going to be a positive addition to any team. Uh, And, you know, I think potentially like with like an injury on a team, like I think he could potentially have like a couple of more crazy fantasy seasons with enough volume. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think, I think decent wide receiver two ish uh, is like a good expectation for him moving forward. I don't, I don't need to stay up on him too long. I think, I think where to me, like, it's going to come down to whether he wants to play football or not. Like, I just feel like he's been so – like, he's, he's trying to be a superstar, right? Like, he's, like, super big on TikTok and super big on social media. He's, like, playing all these video games and stuff. Like, I think there comes a point where you, you choose to either, yeah, I want to I wanna put my effort and my talent into football or, or I don't. And I, I, I do think he's a little landing spot dependent. Um, I, don't, I don't think he can be the alpha. Uh, and so if he can go be – like the the you know Washington is a is a great place because um, Terry is probably going to get the the number one coverage all the time. So you know I, I would love that, but I I just think it's just going to come down to his mentality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, moving on to Chris Godwin, uh, who I feel like is maybe the exact. What, were they in the same draft or no? Twenty eighteen was Godwin drafted in twenty eighteen. Let me see. You know, I would love to see Godwin. I mean, obviously Tampa is where he's going to be. 
think they're going to franchise him if they can't get a deal done. Um, but I would love to see Antonio Brown gone and and leave these offense leave the, let the you know the offense grow and, and Chris Godwin um, take a majority of that those target shares. So yeah, I mean Godwin, I mean Godwin and Juju were actually in the same draft class. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Godwin was the third round pick out of Penn State. Juju second round pick out of USC. Um, yeah, I mean. The all the I mean all indications are Godwin is getting franchise tagged, uh, and probably I mean it, at this point, would you rather have Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? And I think that's like a realistic thing. Tampa Bay might have to start looking at if Tom Brady doesn't retire after next season, uh, like if he for some reason were to keep playing. That's like, crazy I, to think about. Uh, <laughs> like, but like if you wanted to sign Godwin long term, like I think we might be at the point where Godwin might be more valuable than Chris uh, Mike Evans, and it's it's pretty much not close in fantasy and even in the NFL. Like Godwin is just so dang good, man. Uh, like I I don't think he's special, uh, and I I would understand not wanting him on your fantasy team. A lot of injuries, especially like leg injuries, so you're not sure if he's gonna stay healthy. But but man, I I do I think I like him more than Mike Evans at this point. That's interesting. I mean, you said you said it was like not close for you, but in your guys's consensus rankings, I think they were back to back, like eleven and twelve. Right. Uh, consent. Consent. That's funny, just because like I think in my personal rankings, I think Mike Evans was wide receiver fourteen, and Godwin was like wide receiver nine. Okay. <laughs> but I, I I do think I I mean in dynasty, I think I would probably take Godwin, but. I mean, if you're looking at, like, a redraft, like, even a two-year window, like, I mean, Mike Evans has put up seven 1,000-yard seasons. And it doesn't it – does, it's not always pretty because, you know, he's had a, quite a few goose eggs, honestly. But, I mean, let's be honest. Like, he was the best goal line back in Tampa Bay this year, Mike Evans was. <laughs> it's true. So, I, it's hard. You know, and if Tom Brady does come back, like, and they're throwing the ball on the three-yard line again, then – I don't know. Maybe I'm a little biased. I have Chris Godwin on my teams, but I, I, I think they're close, you know. And and Mike yeah. Evans just just consistently just putting up putting up touchdowns, putting up you know six yard touchdowns all the time. Like it's just hard to to discount that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I completely It'll agree. Be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. You know, last last wide receiver on this list. Uh, and we've gotten pretty much a lot of like rumors and speculation on all these guys, Kenny Galladay. Uh, and he had a down 2020 when he played, he was good, but he did not play very much. Only played in four games uh, this past season. And yeah, Galladay rumors are lions. were talking about franchising him, but then everything seems to have come out that they only will franchise him to trade him. Uh, I haven't heard that one yet, but I've heard that they they're working on a long term deal too, so I I mean it could just be you know working at the trade market or something too. So, do you guys think he has? Do you think he has the most value staying in Detroit, where he is like the clear A? That's a good question. Yeah, because I mean, look I at think the people so. around him. I like, think so. Hawk, you got Hawk obviously, and then. Quintus Cephas, like, <laughs> I mean, he's gonna make I, I the think most. He's in the best situation. I, to be honest, in like this is gonna sound so crazy, but like, are Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson like doing the Spider Man meme thing right now? Oh, don't do me like that. <laughs> no, I mean, no, don't no, do me on. like I mean, that. Hold on, in in his best in his best season, Kenny Galladay had comparable numbers to what like a, a top Allen Robinson season, just with less. His one best season, right? Yeah, yeah, but like with less catches, right? Robinson's going to catch like probably 20, 30 more passes uh, than Robinson just because, uh, than Galladay, just because of the, like, they, they operate differently in the offenses, or at least they did previously. But I was more just talking about from the perspective of, like, there's not really like a terrible outcome for Galladay, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Goff, while we don't love him as a fantasy guy, you know, has proven competent enough from uh, to support like top wide receivers. So there isn't a reason to believe that Galladay uh, can't like produce similar numbers to like right. Robert Woods or Cooper Cup per se. Right. Um, 
So like, he's just in a situation where it's like, yeah, if he left, he could potentially end up in a better situation. Uh, and that would potentially increase his value slightly. Uh, or he could just stay and it's like, well, I mean, is this kind of more or less the same thing as it was last year in Detroit? Right. Which I mean, last year we were kind of viewing him as like a wide receiver, like 18 to like 14 range, like maybe not a wide receiver one, but a high end wide receiver two. And and I think he'll kind of live there. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, I mean, with his injuries, man, like it kind of, it kind of started feeling like he, he just didn't want to play, you know, he was injured like every other week. And so that's the only thing I, I agree. I think if he stays, I think he, I think his best value is if he just stays in Detroit, but there just seemed like there was something else going on there. Like, he was having, yeah. they, you know, they didn't put him on IR, but yet he was he was going to be active. And, and then, like, Saturday night, he was like, ah, oh, I'm not playing. Like, it just was, I don't know, something felt off. So I could see, you know, them tagging him and then trading him. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I think well, he's in the we, best position. I mean, what's, what's the next right fit? Now. What's your fit? What would you think would be a better situation? I don't, I don't, I think he's in the best situation. He, he, for fantasy, I think he's in the best situation. You know, I mean, like Scott was saying, like he he's and like I was saying, like he's clearly the alpha there. Um, it's it, it comes down to whether or not Jared Goff picks up the system, and I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, I I don't I don't even know where I'd want him to go because you know if he's already having some, it, and this is just speculation, but if he's already having somewhat of like some attitude issues and who's to say that's not going to continue wherever he goes next. And it just, I don't know. I, I think the, the wide receiver 14 to 18 range is, is a good spot for him. And then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to just take him where he's at. Yeah. Galladay's fascinating. Cause I think you're right about the contract. I and Chris, you were going to say something. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking it was more contract issues than attitude issues. Personally, I think you know you got to protect your money. You got to protect your your body. And if 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 you're not going to make any money, you know, playing, obviously he's still on his rookie contract. So, right, yeah. I, I think mean, you know it was pro- he was protecting himself as the most part. It's not anything like harmful to the environment. Obviously, the coach got fired, so maybe the coach was the toxic part of the team. So, I don't see an issue with Galladay more so. I I do think his best is in Detroit though. So. Yeah, and I mean, I thought about your best fits thing, and to be honest, like, and I, I didn't look at who has money in the cap or any of that stuff. And there's all these rumors that uh, they are not going to trade Deshaun Watson, but like, if Kenny Galladay hit the free agent market and the Texans were like, "Hey, Deshaun, we're apologizing, we're not going to trade you, but we went out and got you Kenny Galladay," uh, that would be pretty fun. Uh, He'd be like, "Why didn't you give me Will Fuller? Uh, <laughs> the better yeah, option." He might, he might. He might say that. I, I don't know that Will Fuller's better than Galladay, but uh but yeah, I, I think again, healthy Will Fuller is. I, I, I think that Galladay could be good on some other teams, but he I think he's fine on Detroit. Uh the last couple guys are just tight ends, and really only one of them is probably worth spending any time on. And even he, if he resigns with the Chargers, probably isn't worth spending much time on. But Hunter Henry finally getting his chance uh to experiment and see where he's going. Um, I've heard Patriots. You guys heard anything? I heard anything. And honestly, I don't really care because he sucked this year. Like, he was, he seemed super medium. And I, he's off my board. You know, with Hunter Henry, he's talented enough to, to be the guy. It, and the, I mean, I'm trying to think of the only fit, you know, like if somehow, like if it was a dream fit, if he could land up in, land in Kansas city for cheap. I mean, like, I know it hurts Kelsey's value, but we're, I mean, we're just talking dream fit here. Like <clears throat> he could be that guy, you know, he can be that guy um, just catching targets. You know, uh, San Diego wasn't a great place um, after, after uh, not breeze. I'm trying to fill Brewers left for, for tight ends. You know, I, you know, Keenan Allen was right. eating targets every day. So, yeah, Herbert Herbert didn't use the tight end, so that would be concerning if Henry went back there. However, Herbert's good enough that I believe if Henry went back there, he could be productive. 
Um, I would just like to see Henry on a team that would use the tight end. Like, I mean, after seeing what Belichick did with Gronkowski for all those years, I mean, would it it wouldn't be so bad to see if Henry signed there for like two years, twenty million. <clears throat> you know, would you like? Would you hate to see like if what Hunter Henry could do with Belichick? Maybe I don't know. Like he he doesn't have like sexy upside, but like I mean, I think I might rather have him on my roster than Dallas Goddard. You know, like we keep telling ourselves the story about like how Dallas Goddard's going to be like this great player, but he kind of always disappoints us and always gets hurt, and never really plays. And it's like, but I think in the consensus, pretty readily, most people might be like, oh, I think I might rather have Goddard. But I think if you really think about it, you know, would you rather maybe, you know, have have Hunter Henry, depending on, you know, obviously if like New England ends up with no quarterback, uh, but like, and this is somebody, when we were talking about Cam, I forgot earlier, Greg Olson was also on those Panthers teams, Chris. That, I think that might have been pre-podcast. Oh, that's a good one. That's um, a good example. But yeah, like, uh, Greg Olson, you know, like, so if Cam ended up back in New England, he really loved Greg Olson. If they signed Cam and Hunter Henry uh, to give Cam, like, a reliable tight end target, you know? That'd be, that, that'd mean, be a good fit. Just, you know. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just, he, he you know, he, he, he nailed it on the head. Like, he's just not a sexy name. Like, when I think of Hunter Henry, right. I'm just like, eh, like, okay, he's serviceable, I guess. But, that's I mean, like the tight end position that's like, is, like, yeah. so... Yeah, that's that's every tight end after yeah the top probably. six maybe Waller. no that's I mean we're gonna to be honest it's really after Waller and people are gonna lie to themselves and say Kyle Pitts and everybody who owns <laughs> like all the boring tight ends are gonna be laughing next year when Kyle Pitts scores like eighty seven fantasy points in one <laughs> game are you serious that's a, that's a hot take <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, in one game. It's it is not a hot take to say that a freaking rookie tight end is gonna score seven fantasy points a week. Yeah, if he's a tight end. <laughs> I I mean I think I'd rather have him as a tight end than a wide receiver. I, I think because so as too. a wide receiver athletically, he's gonna be path- pathetic. Um so because we were talking about Jared uh Kyle Pitts, who's not even in the NFL yet, we are clearly done talking about uh tight ends. Um you know, guys, we just really want to thank you guys for tuning in this week, listening to us uh, talk about some of our favorite upcoming free agents uh, in Dynasty. Um, again, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and have a great week. Talk to you guys soon. Later. Later, guys. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to, to maybe do this again. All right, Christian, edit that out because this was his last time. <laughs> <laughs>